0: Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavaser, and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number one. Although it has been reported numerous times over the last few weeks that a ceasefire in exchange for some hostages was imminent, the Israeli government finally acknowledged it on Monday, November 20th. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu expressed optimism on Tuesday, November 21st regarding negotiations with Hamas for the release of hostages held in Gaza, stating that there is progress in discussions. The hostage agreement talks, which would hopefully bring home 53 Israelis from Hamas captivity, are being mediated by Qatar, Egypt, and the United States. While the details are tedious, a basic outline of the deal has been released. 53 hostages will be released, mostly children and their mothers, 10 hostages will be released every day, 4-day ceasefire in the Gaza Strip, and 150 Palestinian prisoners will be released, mostly women and minors. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, during a meeting with reserve soldiers at a northern military base, remarked that we are making progress. I don't think there is any point in saying too much, even at the moment, but I hope there will be good news soon. In response to recent developments surrounding the potential agreement, the Prime Minister's office announced that Netanyahu's meeting with the War Cabinet at 6 p.m. is on schedule, and the Political and Security Cabinet at 7 p.m., and finally the government will meet at 8 p.m. to discuss the details of the deal. Meanwhile, the IDF continues to pound Gaza from the air, land, and sea. On Tuesday, November 21st, the IDF announced that they have eliminated the deputy commander of Hamas's Al-Qassam brigades in Lebanon. The IAF continued an airstrike near the southern Lebanese city of Tyre resulting in the deaths of Khalil Haraz, a deputy commander of Hamas' al qassam Brigades in Lebanon, as well as three other high-ranking Hamas operatives who were also killed in the strike. Also there has been a report that the grandson of Ismail Haniya, the head of Hamas in Gaza, was killed on Tuesday morning, November 21st. The IDF is hoping that such news would hopefully draw Haniya out into the open giving them their opportunity to eliminate him as well. Rockets continue to to be shot into southern and northern Israel, and the IDF continues to respond in kind. The elite Maglan unit of the IDF said that they have deployed the new Iron Sting System for the first time in combat. The Iron Sting System is a guided mortar munition developed by Elbit Systems of Israel. It is essentially a smart mortar, which enables ground troops to be far more precise when firing mortar rounds. The IDF also released the names of two more soldiers killed in the fighting in Gaza, bringing the amount of soldiers killed since the beginning of the ground operation to 67. Number two. The wheels are starting to fall off the quote green energy bandwagon. The giant push toward a net zero utopia is not practical and has been a complete disservice to the American consumer. Components of the green movement are experiencing major setbacks, namely offshore wind, electric vehicles, EVs, and investments. Offshore wind projects are struggling to secure financing and stay on track. The biggest blow came last month, when the world's largest offshore wind developer canceled two major projects off the New Jersey coastline, literally taking the wind right out of Governor Phil Murphy's green energy sales. They also suspended work on offshore projects in Maryland and Delaware. Among the wave of cancellations are projects in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New York and Connecticut. Several other projects are on the ropes, and a host of companies are paying millions just to break their contracts. At least half of U.S. wind contracts have already been or are at risk of being terminated. The causes are typically due to skyrocketing inflation, high interest rates, choked supply chains and financial troubles. Offshore wind is costly and difficult to implement. The EV market itself is also losing steam. Sales are slumping and manufacturers are scaling back on production. The Ford Motor Company stands to lose $4.5 billion on its EV business in 2023 alone and will be delaying many of their EV investments. General Motors said it was restructuring EV goals. Honda shelved plans to develop affordable EVs with GM. And Hertz, the rental company said it will slow their rate of purchasing EVs due to high repair costs. Tesla is even considering putting off plans for a $1 billion plant in Mexico. Most, if not all, manufacturers are reporting major losses per EV sold. Ford lost $62,000 per vehicle in the third quarter. One luxury electrical company, electric vehicle company lost an astounding $430,000. Countless others are losing tens of thousands of dollars per vehicle, quarter after quarter. If that's not all, car dealers are also slashing EV prices. EVs sit on lots nearly twice as long as internal combustion engines. Even industry leader Tesla has been shaving thousands off their retail prices due to unmet sales expectations. These kinds of losses are not sustainable for any company, and something will have to be done. Number three. Senator Joe Manchin's contemplation of a third party presidential bid following his announcement of retirement from the Senate is causing anxiety among Democratic senators who warn of potential repercussions. They argue that Manchin challenging President Joe Biden as an independent could harm Biden's chances of re-election, possibly resulting in the nightmare scenario of former President Donald Trump securing a second White House term. Initially, Democratic senators were less concerned about a Manchin presidential run when they believed he was likely to seek another Senate term. However, with Biden's polling numbers declining and a hypothetical matchup against Trump, and Manchin's decision to retire from the Senate next year, concerns have escalated. Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan expressed her concern, stating that it would be unfortunate if Manchin decided to run for president. She emphasized Manchin's support for President Biden and his crucial role in Senate achievements. Stabenow believes that Manchin entering the race would increase the likelihood of Trump winning again. Despite these concerns, Manchin has not ruled out the possibility of a presidential run on the, quote, no labels ticket. another independent platform. In response to fears that he could harm Biden's re-election chances, Manchin referenced historical examples such as the 1992 three-way presidential election race involving Ross Perot, suggesting that unconventional scenarios can unfold. While Manchin rejected the notion that his candidacy would jeopardize Biden's re-election, he mentioned that he has, quote, plenty of time to make a decision in an interview with NBC, Manchin affirmed that he would, quote, absolutely consider a run for president. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.